Hey, Rifters. This is Keith Reza. Just letting you know tonight's episode with Kate Quigley is brought to you by the very funny stand-up comic Steve JB. Steve's a good friend of mine. He helps me write jokes. And a few shows that I've had where we tried to get something going, Steve's always been a writer. So, Steve, thanks for your support and your friendship. And I hope you enjoy this episode that you brought to uh, the fans. Kate Quigley. Guys, follow Steve JB on Facebook and he'll keep you updated with some laughs. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to the show. Subscribe, rate, and review. This is Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and his trusty sidekick, the one and only Alan Lee. How are you, Alan? How are you? I'm great. Uh, you know, you had uh, some business last night. You had a show. Yeah. And uh, happy for you. I'm glad that you're getting out again with COVID. And Dude. Last night. Uh, so here, here you I got to be honest with you. Last night was one of the worst shows I've ever done. And it wasn't because... It wasn't because of my my stand-up. My stand-up was great. Just uh, the show itself was terrible. Like, because uh, it was Corinne Olympias' show. And I think Corinne is um, very talented. I think she has potential to be really good. But she did it as a whole podcast thing. And, yeah. And it was just... Um, I guess I'm trying to say I think her co-host sucked and ruined it. And I think her guests were terrible. You know what I mean? But, but you mean to tell me the format was a show that was on a podcast and should he introduce you and you came no. out? So, so it's at, at the, the club. Yeah. I go up cold. I do my 15 minutes or whatever. And then I brought up Corinne. She did like five minutes. And uh, then she brought up her co-host. And then they did a little chatter batter, and that oh, was wow. not good at all. Like you could yeah. tell the co-host thought she was a bigger celebrity than Corinne. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they got into the guests and stuff. It was just all this bachelor stuff and uh, whatever, you know. Oh my God, that was uh, our Corinne back in the day when she came by. She was on her show. Yeah, she's great. I have nothing against her. I think she has massive potential i'm just saying her her show format i think she needs to rethink oh man she needs to be like kate quigley who's our guest today yes indeed we like kate a lot she's very nice to me yeah she's been on the playboy tv which you have a thing about but whatever and uh she's been on comedy central and she has her own podcast called Date Fails with Kate Quigley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know where she's at because she's leaving us hanging at the Zoom. But she's going to be here. And it's going to be awesome. Subscribe, rate, review. Alan, you got any last things to say for opening remarks? Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy you're up. I'm very positive. I think it's a great time. And uh, we're on the we're on the comeback. Uh, all comedy is, and uh, you know we'll see. I, uh, we'll see is the question. I'm going to introduce you to, to some new venues there. That uh, Chateau uh, was a Chateau Hole. The comedy Chateau. The comedy Chateau. Chateau. I did not oh. like that venue at all. Oh, and there's a one called the Wall, the Fourth Wall. I've heard the Wall is hard though. I thought you already performed there. No. Then well, maybe I did. I don't remember. No. And of course, there's a haha. That's no big deal. Yeah. I love the haha. I know you do. It's one of your favorite clubs. It is one of my. Oh, so Kate's coming into the Zoom. We'll let her in right now. She's She's in the Zoom. Technical difficulties, but Kate Quigley's Zoom ID is in. Yeah, she's in. 
And now it says Zoom notified me. It says it's connecting audio. There you go. Oh, I see Kate. Yeah, for some reason, my earbud's not. Does it matter if I use oh. a mic? No, I don't care. I don't How are you? Yeah, never mind. Hi. Hi. Sorry I'm late, guys. No worries. I haven't seen you in two weeks. How are you? I know. Isn't it funny? It was like two years and then two weeks. I know. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm actually great. I want to... Wait, who's with you? I, I got. How do I make it so I can see you all? I never use Zoom ever. No, it's Alan Lee, the trusty sidekick. Hey, Alan. Yes. Yeah. You I met think. Alan before. Yes, of course. He was the one who got you that puree water. Like this? Holy lord, she still has it. No, you know what's funny? I literally fill these with tap water to look fancy. Oh, oh my god. And when people come over, I pretend. Like, this is actually Pellegrino. I've done that. I serve it to them. Oh, which one's better, Pellegrino or Puree? I think they're the same. This actually is supposed to be sparkling, but not anymore, so. Oh, nice. Well, you, you look good. You look fancy. I like the painting behind you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Actually, you know, a fan gave me this. An artist a fan gave you that? But it's actually a print, like a digital. He does digital artwork. Yeah. What's horrible is I'm trying to remember his name to give him a shout out right now. It's been so long. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'll have to look it up and send oh it to you. Oh my God. The, mo the most things like fans give me is restraining orders. Ah! <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll get one of those eventually. Ah. Um, I want to tell you something like not to take over your show, but yeah. I was like, I have to say this to him before I forget, which is, Part of the reason I was late is because I've had such anxiety about doing someone else's podcast. I've only done one, which was mine. And you which were I listened only... to. Which you did? Yeah. I'm trying to turn you up. Sorry, I can barely hear you. Can you see us? Uh, now I can. Yeah. I can see you, but I only see Keith's head big. Oh, that's because I'm a big guy. Right. So. <laughs> anyway, um, but you are like the only person I felt like... I don't know. I still was anxious just because I have anxiety now all the time. But you were the only person I felt really like comfortable to do this with because I just love oh. you. And I think you're amazing. Oh. And I know a lot of times like I see you post like, oh, so and so rejected me and you get bummed out. <laughs> and you, I'm never sure. I get a Kate Quigley post. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're joking, but I want you to know that like um, I thought of you today because People will say, like, just ignore them, just ignore them. But I know you're sensitive. Like, I am. It can be hard. But I just hope you know, like, you're so dope. And those people are just fucking jealous of you. And that's it. Oh, you're very sweet. That really cheers me up. It's true. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, um, you know, I, I've told you this before. I feel like when we when we first started and we our past class, I didn't feel like we clicked. And I felt like we started clicking three or four years ago that's when we really you know what i mean i think what's funny about that is and this is gonna, oh my god this is gonna sound mean i don't mean it this way it's just no no say whatever i i don't i mean i love <laughs> I you i, mean, I could take meanness now i just at the beginning no offense just like when i was new in comedy i felt like a um blood in a pool of sharks the way guys all would come try to bang me honestly all right and so I started to get a little, I was never that girl that like, I was a little weird, like figuring guys out. Yeah. And so what's hilarious is I really never noticed you till we started clicking. Yeah. Like I would notice you, but, I, but like, until we started to connect, I guess I just take a while to trust somebody now, probably more like a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, so, yeah. So like, uh, that's what I was trying to say. And then when, uh, you know, I don't really want to harsh on, on what happened to you because it's traumatic. But then what that happened to you, I was very worried about you. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, I hope Kate is OK. And then like a week later, Norm died. So I was like, I oh, know. fuck. I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? So it's like, was so it really that's where my space yeah. was. I was like, oh, dude, I'm losing all my friends right now. Oh, thank yeah. you for caring. Yeah, thankfully you you survived, but during the time I didn't know because you know you you didn't respond to any texts or and I didn't expect you to. Yeah. But 
you know, it was like, at the same time, it was like, I have no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, that was the weird thing about it was that a lot of people don't know. And I mean, I know I told the story, but then it's funny. Like when I told the story on my podcast um, and I don't want to make the show all about this or anything, but like, I was trying really hard to only tell what was really important. Um, so like clear up rumors and also to help people. And so I was trying to leave out stuff that was like just personally difficult. You know what I'm saying? Like, but some of it, like the police, um, when I left my house, it wasn't the police, it was the paramedics, but I mean, like there was no time to look for my phone or anything. And so I didn't even have it like the first day and a half I was in there. Right. And by the time I got it, dude, it was like, I can't, I, I mean, it had to be a thousand texts plus DMs plus, and even my own parents were mad. Like my mom was so mad. I answered red band before her. But he was just the first one I saw. He was like the last one that had texted. So it was it was funny, though, because like you realize there's people like you who understood. And also it took me a long time to even answer my best, best friends at first, because I could only tell one person a day what had happened. It was too much to tell all day, every day. So I people got offended. Like there's one person who got super offended that it took me like maybe 50 days to reach out with a phone call, but that's just cause I was like sick of telling the story over and over, you know? So anyway, and I was sleeping a lot and whatever. Point is, thanks for not taking it personal. Cause that was hard. It's oh, like, man. yeah. I remember when we found out uh, I was doing the supernova show and Mark Saratella, he's always in a bad mood, but he was in a way more usual bad mood. I was like, listen, Alan, I know Mark hates me, but I just got here. I have no idea why. And he was like crying and stuff. I was like, oh, what's going on? And then he was telling me what happened. I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. just terrible. And uh, I didn't really want to do comedy that night. I understand because I had to go up the night Brody died yeah. and the night Ralphie died. Both um, times I had to do Burt Kreischer's podcast at PodFest the day Ralphie died. And then I had to do a big theater with Joey the day Brody died. And both times were really tough. I know what that's like. But you know what? I, if Even if I died, I would want you all to go up. You know what I mean? I would. I would want you all to go up. And that's the thing, too, is like, I know Fu would be so proud of the way I handled everything. I know he would. And he was the one I was really friends with. So, like, the one thing I will say is it's funny you mentioned mark because it's just you know there's one person this is actually hilarious so there's someone who has no money um who's a comedian who if he did i would sue personally right. because there's one person that's pretty much after the beginning told everybody that it was all my fault and some people have believed it and some haven't and so it's been like difficult because some of the people who have believed it have been some of my who i thought were closest friends and have never called me to ask so it's just interesting. It's really made me a little weird. I'm a little paranoid about people now, but maybe that's not for the worse. But then I also get messages, and this is like not to toot my own horn or anything, but I get tons of messages from people who like my mom died. Like I got one yesterday from a girl who said her mom died um, from the same thing and that she didn't know her mom even ever did drugs and that like it was helping her process to listen to. So it's like, it's been hard for me because I don't want people to think I'm doing it for attention, but I do think the story is like powerful to share and important, you know? Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's hard to decide, honestly. Were you, were you uh, really close with Ralphie May? Cause I remember when he died, that was just, I was closer with Brody, but Ralphie and I were friends, but I wasn't like, like, I think I kind of knew Ralphie was on the verge of dying. You know what I mean? A lot of people did. I knew something was up. I would say well, the funny thing is not funny. I always say that Ralphie and I, um, he was almost just more like a Joey loved me so much and they were like brothers. And so Ralphie was always reaching out just to kind of check on me and help me. And like when I was on the road, I mean, we were becoming close friends when he died. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before he died, I did notice the last couple months his text being different just a little more manic kind of, I mean, not saying that he was doing anything, I don't know, but like, it wasn't like typical Ralphie. And so I was kind of worried. And then Joey said he was too. So yeah, but you know, that's the thing about this business. And that's the thing that's interesting is like, 
the people who died have been the easiest part for me to process because I've lost so many friends like you have in this business. Stand up is probably, I feel like stand up is like for people who are really great, they're either so sensitive, like Robin Williams was so sensitive. Like people like that, it's hard to handle the ups and downs of it or they're sociopaths, so they won't ever die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I don't know. I Dude. could be wrong. Now, do you feel since this whole thing has happened, do you, you know, you've gotten back on stage, gotten back and, you know, your, your feet wet and stuff. Do you feel, uh, because I'll be honest, when I do stand up right now, I feel very, I don't feel free anymore. I feel very chained up and I feel, you know, keep in mind, I lost Norm and then four months later I lost Saget and I was very, very close to both of them. So I feel very like, stand-ups against me right now like how do you feel well um i understand that feeling totally do yeah. I, to be completely honest with you i feel the freest i've ever been but that's honestly because after everything with see i hate i don't want to make it like i just i guess i learned that um all the people i thought would be always have my back a lot of them didn't, which made me go, fuck what anyone thinks about anything. I say whatever the fuck I want now. Also, I almost died. Yeah. I mean, I really thought I was gonna die for like a day and a half in the hospital. So like, the truth is, if my career ended because I said some wrong shit or bombed, or I just don't care. Yeah. Well, I'm having the most fun I've ever had on stage. That is the only place I feel like I don't have to be worried. It's so funny. It's like, I step on stage. It's the one place I feel safe right now. That's great. Yeah. It should be the opposite. <laughs> that, that's totally awesome to hear because like I said, me, I feel, I still feel like I could do it, but I just feel like maybe I'm not that good anymore because you are. Remember we did Hartville's two weeks ago and fucking John kept Alan. So I'm at Hartville's and John kept like pushing me towards last and he's putting all these terrible comics before me. I was just like, I was like, Jesus Christ, does this guy really hate me? No, I think, I think he just, well, I don't want to say anything to throw John under the bus or anything. I think he's just, he's not a comic. So I don't think he necessarily understands orders of lineups. Yeah. Well, I actually did have a talk with him that night. I was like, listen, because when D used to run it, she made me a paid regular there. And they have those? Yeah. I didn't get paid. Well, yeah, but. So I told John, I was like, look, John, I've done Harvell's the past, I don't know, 15 times for you for free. And each time you've been like pushing, like, I don't have a problem with comics, but I do have a problem with certain comics who not only think they're better than me, but they act like they know more than me. That That's what I'm trying to say. Like, do that? it's like yeah, it's like a ego thing. And uh, that's I not do, about you. They probably do that to every single person. No, no, 100%. Yeah. But I said, John, I, I don't want to go ever. I'll, I'll do Harvell's, but I'm not fucking following Keith Carey and saving the show every single time. You I know, know what I mean? Do I know him? Keith Carey? Yeah, he, he's a I comic. don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, it's basically like he, he's hey, not that. Know. His, his stand-ups... It's just I don't know all right, but like it's you know what I mean. Like there's a guy I won't say who that every time I do a show that he's on, I always have to follow, and it's fine. He, I think personally, he's very funny when he's hitting. Right. One of those guys, the audience either loves him and gets him, or they're just totally confused. Right. You know? And so he can be hard. That's to Kate follow. saying she doesn't want to mention my name. No, no. But you know, that this is the thing, and this is going to sound so arrogant, but, you know, people know that way, way, way back, I uh, dated Bobby Lee, like, when I first started comedy. And you dated Bobby Lee? People know that. I've said it I before. didn't know that. Isn't that a shock? Okay, well, yeah, but it was very brief, and we're still friends and whatever, but it's funny, because I didn't really know who he was, because I never watched Mad TV at all. Right. Um, I had no idea. I mean, I knew he did stand up because my friend said, oh, that's he's a stand up. But that was it. And so I was brand new in comedy. And before I did stand up, I'd only been to a few comedy shows my whole life. So I go to the comedy store with Bobby. He's about to go up. And I was like, 
no pressure, but I've never seen you before. So I hope you're funny, which is like such a terrible thing to say anyway. Now that I'm a real comic, I get Bobby right. goes, I don't give a fuck if you think I'm funny or not. Yeah. I, and then, but what's hilarious is when he said it, I remember thinking, oh my God, I could never be that arrogant. But now I understand because it's like, once you know what you're doing, you can, you don't care if you bomb. I've gone to open mics like coffee shop open mics on the road that are like music, poetry, everything, and gone up and written bad jokes to bomb on purpose for fun. Yeah. Like write like dad jokes and just go up and be like, this is my first time and tell them. And <laughs> that's fun too. What's hilarious is even when you bomb on purpose though, it hurts a little on the inside. It's oh, very right. Well, see, I'm the exact same way. I don't care if people think I'm not funny. I care if the audience does or the bookers, but not the comedians, because I know comedians really have no say over my humor you know what i mean oh yeah and also like if i think if 90 percent of the audience thinks you're funny you're winning i mean there's always going to be some people who are offended by certain things or came with their you know i had a girl come to my show in cleveland who i went to high school with but i barely knew but then like after the show she told me i just don't think stand-up comedy is very funny i mean i don't really like any stand-up i'm like who doesn't think stand-up comedy is like that's like a mental illness, I think. Yeah, the, the Nazis. Think, like psycho, like a psychotic person, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Weird. How, how is that like uh, when you when you perform and you see someone you went to high school with or whatever? Like, is it uh, awkward for you? It's very weird because I feel like an absolutely different person. Because I got married when I was nineteen, and I was like like married to like a super Christian guy in a super Christian-y town and just like, and that I still have the same values, I think, but like, I also tell dick jokes and now I have these, like people know I did cocaine and like, it's so it's like weird cause I feel like I don't know how to be sometimes, right. you know? Yeah. But they're always really nice. So I don't know, I give them free tickets to make it better. <laughs> I'm I'm over the whole free ticket thing because when I first started, all I used to do was do, hey, free tickets. And now with COVID and I guess, and I'm not getting a lot of work, now I actually need the money. It's like, I can't do free tickets and people get upset. It's like, you know what? I gave you guys free tickets during the prime of my career. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know. You're like, when I was on the road with Norm McDonald or whatever, the thing about it is, um, I mean, two things. One, I just feel that when I'm on the road, I'm usually getting paid a weekend rate with bonus options, unless I'm starting to do shows in different places from comedy clubs, just so that I can do a one night, sell my own tickets. Even if you sell 50, you make more. I mean, I hate to say that because I love working clubs, but they give you a bonus if you sell out, but right. it seems like I'll look around a club on a Saturday night and see no empty seats or like two, but it's at a table with three people on a four top. And then the club's like, no, we see 50 more people than this. And I'm like, where the fuck do you put the people? Like, so I feel like it's impossible. Like I know Paulie Shore used to walk through with a clicker before he would go on stage and count the people in the audience. Yeah, so yeah. At this point, um, I just try to break even <laughs> to yeah. be totally honest. And I have the only fans, which I'm never naked on. It's just essentially like the shit I used to post on Instagram. I put there now. I know you, I, I, not to sound like a pervert or anything, but you tricked me subscribing under your only fans. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you subscribe. Yeah. Well, not anymore. I unsubscribe, but I subscribe. <laughs> I subscribed. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. She's not going to know who I am. I'll give you a free code, Keith. Right. You but the funny thing about it is... Naked stuff. I was like, ah. Dude, I felt guilty for a long time to do... Because, like, I don't judge sex workers. I host the AVN Awards. I don't judge anybody for doing what they want. I just always felt that I'm so personal on stage, on podcasts, that if the dudes I'm fucking aren't the only ones seeing me naked, like, they get nothing, basically. So yeah, I mean, that's why I'm I, yeah, dating. <laughs> but but um, I used to be ashamed to like sell a pair of underwear, like the guy would ask, and or rate a penis. And now 
I'm like, fuck it. For 200 bucks, I'll sell you a pair of underwear. Like, I'm like, why am I being stupid? I mean, I'll sell you guys underwear for $10. I'm just kidding. Right. But I have a lot of shame, but that's since I almost died. It's all about the death. Because I'm telling you, I don't want to say everyone should almost die once, but it is the most freeing. It's made me a little meaner. Yeah. Because, like, I have no boundaries, but I've been told by my therapist that's just PTSD and that'll go away. But, like, if someone says, like, the other day, uh, someone who very much annoys me who's asked me to do his podcast 80 million times. Sorry. Not you. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know the people who message you like a DM and then if you tweet before you answer, they're like, wow, okay. They're like offended. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I just, I don't spend all day in my DMs. I read them like once a day. But anyway, um, like I finally just said to that guy, you know what? No, I don't ever want to do your show. Uh. But only because he annoyed me so many times. So anyway, I don't know. I'm kind of bitchy now, but I think it's a good thing. I also like want you to know this is straight tequila. I'm just kidding. Uh, right if i just walked around with this uh, much tequila all day that's alan's type of party oh i just think it looks impressive to drink out of this I think and it's, it's kind of cool idea. right that's a cool idea thank you this is how i get my daily water intake <laughs> okay i talked enough what's up with you guys no i i uh i totally understand the whole almost dying feeling because i was in a car accident nine years ago maybe and and yeah i i mean not to brag or anything but i fell asleep when i was driving and uh you know and my car my car flipped horrible over like four times it was a miracle that i didn't break yeah where i I don't know it was on the way from arizona right or back from arizona was he with you no, but I called Alan no, in the hospital. No, 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 I, was not I thought you were going to say from the car. Like, that was your first call. <laughs> not 911. Hey, Alan. <laughs> yeah, that's why I fell asleep. On the <laughs> I was not good. Damn, it, you fell asleep? Dude, you know what? I, it was scary because, like, um, one, I can't drive back. The car's destroyed. And, you well, know. No, really? You didn't flip it back over and keep going? <laughs> I tried to do that. <laughs> What kind of car was it? It was a 2009 black Nissan Sentra. Dude, you need to shout that out because that car saved my life. I used to work with Nissan, you know. I was the official. I almost don't want to say it because I don't want people to go looking for it. But oh, I, I, I uh, no, because it's embarrassing. Because I literally was like before stand up, I was the official spokesperson, first spokesperson for the Nissan Leaf. Like I did like tons oh. of press for them for the Nissan Leaf. Oh, that's awesome. Did they give you free cars? Uh, cool. Well, we were on the road, but I got to drive it whenever I wanted. But I like gave Larry David, I gave Larry David a walk around on the leaf before I understood who Larry David was, which is hilarious. And people were like, do you understand? He created Seinfeld. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. And then now, of course, I'm like, wow, I got to, I was so dorky. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. <laughs> so oh, wait, you, you didn't know Larry David was Larry David when you were talking to him? I mean, I knew who he was, but I'd never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm yet. It was on. And right. the creator of a show just didn't impress me. I mean, that honestly does impress me now if I like the show. Or, see, things, here's the thing about me. I'm impressed by talent and creativity. Like, if you sell a show, I think that's outstanding because this business is difficult. However, I'm still so green in terms of how it all works. Right. Like, and I've been here 15 years. And I've had like a TV show and been on one. And I just still, if I have an idea, I have to call my manager and have him break down every step of how to make it. I just, I'm not good at the business side. Dude, I don't even. Same here. I'm terrible at that. I'm good at making people laugh and I'm good at providing the jokes. But other than that. I don't think many artists are great at the business side. Some are, but I am good at branding. I understand marketing. But I don't understand, and I don't really want to, and I have no interest in it. Yeah. I don't know, like, what happens at the Oscars, honestly, at all. No. It, it's interesting you, you said that Larry David story, because this actually just happened to me last night, and I told Alan. Uh, so I did this show last night, and this guy comes up to me, 
and he's like, Hey, um, so this is the whole story, you know, and I'll, he's like, Hey, you're the funniest comic I've ever seen. Cause the, the show was, it was just me and like a podcast. So it wasn't really stand up. Oh, stop. You don't have to like defend <laughs> yourself for that. You gotta no, I was just saying. So I was like, Oh, thanks man. He's like, yeah. And then, uh, I was like, Oh, I, I I'm Keith Reza, you know, introducing myself. And he says his name's Drake. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So we start talking and stuff and we're talking at the bar and stuff. And he's telling me how he does acting and stuff. And I was like, Hey, you should do my podcast sometime. I got a great podcast. Kate Quigley's doing it. I've been harassing her 80 times this week. Uh And, uh, you know, so he's like, Oh, that's great. Uh, So we switched numbers, right? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, Oh, this is cool. This guy's a cool guy. And he's with all these hot chicks, right? If it's Drake, I'm going to die. Yeah, his name is like from the show Josh and Drake. I forgot his last name, but I remember. Oh, I, I thought you meant like Drake Drake. No, no. Oh. So I remember I, I told my friend, I was like, hey, this guy on the show, the show Josh and Drake, which I never watched. Drake Bell. Like, yeah, we're best friends and he's going to do my podcast. And my friend's like, oh, Keith. He's like, Keith, you should tell him not to because uh, he got in trouble recently for being a, a pedophilia or something he did not. yeah so this guy's texting me he's like can't wait to do it i was like holy lord so now i'm like should have i have you looked up the story what have you looked up the story to see if it's true yeah yeah he, he pleaded yeah he pleaded. well he 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 pleaded he pleaded not guilty but he said in a plea that he pleaded guilty just so because he didn't know the age or whatever, but he said he's not guilty, but he's pleading guilty to move on. To make a deal. Yeah. That means he's guilty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say that because I actually know, I'm pretty sure Steven Glickman, do you know Glickman? Yeah. Okay, well, we're really good friends. I'm pretty sure they're friends. I think Drake Bell did his podcast. You know, maybe actually I do remember Glickman telling me something about this now that I'm thinking about it. I have to check. That's hilarious. So, like Maybe they're I'm, not friends. I'm not saying they're friends. If he's a pedophile, well, no, no, and like, well, see, that's what I'm saying. We're like, I'm, I'm feeling like very like torn because like I've been texting this guy and he seems like a great guy, and then it's like, you know, just because you Google something, like it doesn't necessarily. I'm not saying he's guilty, but I'm also saying. Oh, he's wait not a minute. Guilty. We have to also define pedophile because I hate to say this, but like, like. The Delia thing, for instance. Not saying he's exactly. not a creep. Okay, yes, exactly. Okay. That's a perfect- not a creep. I'm not saying he's not creepy. By the way, I like Chris, but like, I'm not saying he doesn't come off creepy. I'm not saying he wasn't a sex addict. But if the girl says I'm 18 and shows a fake ID or something, I mean, and she's 15. Yeah. It, how is that his fault? I know yeah. it's creepy to like directly hit on your fans only and everything but that is why men get famous that is the whole reason guys get famous to fuck their fans exactly well yeah i mean i, mean, honestly, I, I just want to get famous so i could live a happy life and stop you can do that without being famous <laughs> i'm doing it I mean, well, you're 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 more famous than me and i'll tell you something you know what the first time in my life i got followed around by paparazzi and i I am lucky I'm not in jail because I was angry. It really pissed me off and I don't want to be famous. Yeah. I never did. I did when I was young, a kid, like when I lived in Ohio and I'm like, Ooh, people magazine. Oh, cool. And then you get a little taste of not to throw anyone under the bus, but like the guy I was dating. I mean, like he's so his public image is so pretend. It's so like put on because he has to, it's like politics and, I think comics have a little more freedom, but yeah. then I can't audition for anything like Disney. <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Uh, and well, see, that's the one thing Andy Dick told me. He told me that when people, because, you know, when I was with Norm and I hang out with Andy and stuff, there's always paparazzi. He told me just ignore him and don't talk to him because that's when you get in trouble. And you don't just say hi and smile. No, he, Andy told me, don't even say that. Just walk away as fast as you can and go get your Baskin Robbins. Keith, to be totally honest, I think that's probably more true for Andy than you because <laughs> you're not high. You're not either. 
Andy, this is actually so funny you brought up Andy because I've met Andy sober and fucked up, right? Right, yeah. You know, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. It's literally Jekyll and Hyde. And it's hilarious <laughs> you mentioned him because my friend did a show with him the other night and he was, which one's the high one, Jekyll or Hyde? Whichever one's right. the fucked up one. And it, he was telling me the story and my friend was upset because he was hosting the show and Andy was like so, you know, when he's fucked up, he's so disruptive. I know, Andy. But listening to the story, though, I could not stop laughing. I mean, he was, he made my another comic come on stage and was telling him how much he doesn't like his show, his TV show. And just like, he was on that Andy trip that's insanity. And um, it was funny because I was like, I think Andy Dick, listen, if you know Andy, you tell him this when he's sober again. Right. I think Andy should do a show where it's called Andy Dick Stories and he sits down with people because everyone in LA has an insane Andy Dick Andy story. Andy Dick story. Yeah. Everyone. And they tell him the story and we see what he recalls and he could comment on the story because I bet he doesn't remember 90% of the shit that happens when he's fucked up. Oh, he, do- af- he doesn't. He d- he's met Alan like a thousand times. He doesn't even remember Alan. I mean, I saw him one time I was at an L.A. fitness and he had his ankle monitor on, which probably meant he was sober. But it was funny because he still came out in his underwear walking through the gym with his rope. It was a robe <laughs> wide open walking around with his ankle monitor. And I was like, is he sober? Like, it was the weirdest. I mean, everybody has a great story about Andy. First time I met him, he took my hand and I thought he was going to kiss it. And then he just stuck my fingers in his mouth. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? But I like him because he's sweet. Yeah. And for for people who know Andy, they know he's the sweetest guy in the world. If you don't know Andy, you have a hard time believing that. My friend the other night that doesn't know him, who was at a show he was at, said, I don't like that guy because he walked right up to my girlfriend and kissed her on the mouth. And I go, that wasn't sexual. It's just Andy doing the shock thing he does. It's just Andy. But it's not like he was trying to bang your girl. I mean, it's just what Andy does. Like, I don't even think Andy can bang a girl. (laughs) I don't know. That's what I said. I don't think he's trying to fuck any women. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So back to the Drake Bell thing. What do you think? Good idea to be his friend or bad idea? I don't know the story of what he did. So I mean, I would look it up. I got Alan, look on your phone and see what Andy. What does Alan do here? Alan hasn't talked. I, <laughs> I know. You guys are doing so good. I didn't. I didn't even know when Mike was on. Alan, I'm you know, sorry. My my deal is I don't dig anything associated with pedophilia, and as I told, I told, and this is going to sound a little harsh. I will get my if if that fuckhead comes on this <laughs> podcast, I will have my own podcast and, and he can and he can come on and explain Wait, have you looked it up my podcast i told him about it yeah no, you're but none of you guys i will have my own podcast because of that thank you but we don't know if he's a pedophile yet what if the girl was 17 listen these days with epstein island and, kids <laughs> yeah, and but those are children trafficking and all that shit fuck that but what if it's, <laughs> what if it's a college student Jesus, friends, you listen. I don't know. Girl under eighteen. No, I know Keith doesn't smoke anything, but whatever the fuck (laughs) you had last night, don't you ever do that again. Keith, you smoke. Fucking mind. When you get Alan on his rants, there's no stopping him. You bet. I'm not calling a guy a pedophile without information. I had a fucking car accident. I feel freed up too. (laughs) Just Alan, you know, he's on the podcast. He's so. You know what? Yes, he can't see the new. <laughs> wait a minute, though. The Alan. new Alan. Alan, wait a second. No, I just don't. I just don't like the, the idea. No, no one likes pedophiles. But what if he's not? We don't even know what he did. Well, you know what? We better get that cleared up. If you're gonna have fucking guess, he's gonna sue me for defamation next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I won't. Can I tell, tell you a funny story? Can yeah. You, how many people listen to this? Because I might get sued for this, but whatever. You, All want, right. you want to know the truth? Yeah. I have 22K subscribers. How many listen? No idea. All right. Whatever. Who cares? Listen, I won't name it's only tw- It's only a town. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'll promote it. So an ex of mine, I'm not going to lie, okay? And I tweeted about this, but like, 
PTSD is wild, man, because I've never been pregnant, but you know how pregnant women say they can't control their hormones or emotions. It's like they're, they cry one second, they're rage the next second. And that is exactly what it's like. It's like, everything is so heightened, which is cool. Cause like joy feels extra, but then again, like the tiniest thing, like I've never had road rage and I'll like find myself having it. Right. right. So I'm not going to lie. I sent some really mean texts to like some, the guy that was telling everyone this was my fault and also my ex-boyfriend. And I sent a text to my ex-boyfriend that said like, you know, I think you deserve to die a painful death. I hope somebody hurts you like you hurt me. I sent that to him. Wow. I, I know, but his lawyers said that's a death threat. He caused lawyers. Holy Lord. And I'm like, what bitch has not said to some dude yeah. that lied to her? Yeah. I mean, by the way, this guy did lie to me for it. I mean, told me he was getting divorced and it's been two years and he's still not. So just saying. It's also the opposite. I mean, I'm sure guys have, you know. But I mean, what kind of dude calls his lawyers because a chick says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish you were dead. I mean, in a text. That's nonsense. I don't know what's going through his mind. But it's really funny because um, since that happened, I tweeted a joke about it. Because yeah. I thought the best defense is to say yeah. I wish he was dead. I so that, the, huh? I saw the tweet. That was a good thing. Well, like, who who tweets it if they're going to murder someone? That's right. right. Yeah. That's only, only a tweet murderer. <laughs> no, That's but so she's, right. she's right. She did the right thing. And it, it, that guy's ridiculous. It's nonsense. Yeah. But then I'm also like, what is defamation? I mean, unless I'm costing you money or telling the truth. Like, I'm telling the truth if I'm lying, you know. But then I got scared. Like, what if some other woman who's mad at him now murders him and I get blamed because I tweeted it? Yeah. I'm sure there's more than one, you know? (laughs) Okay, you ready to start the podcast now? (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, listen, you know, Keith and I were at that club. Uh, Keith and I were at that club, you know, when uh, you went to the hospital, we were like so freaked out. And, uh, you know, I'm a Buddhist and I even put it on uh, on Facebook. You know, uh, I made a Buddhist prayer for you at my temple. Thank you. I didn't see that. I don't go on there much. Yeah, I know. And listen, we were so freaked out. Thank you. Uh, We were in the. I felt it. And, uh, you know, so listen, our heart went out to you. And uh, like I said, it blew the whole night. We were just like freaked out. Thanks, man. I mean, yeah. it was obviously a. You've been so nice, and uh, you know. I like you guys. We love you guys, and uh, yeah, I love so you guys okay, too. we have one last question for you, and then we'll we'll respect your time. But uh, I was listening to your podcast the other day, huh? and uh, it was you, Adian, and and really? a, a an assistant that came at the end, Lily. Lily, so. Yeah, yeah, we gotta say, is Lily single and does she like Keith Reza type humor? Oh, ah, yeah, you and Lily. Ooh. Yeah, so thought she had the voice of an angel. She's fucking rad, man. I'll tell you, this girl. Um, I'm fortunate that the weird thing is I've managed. The good thing about the pandemic, fuck the accident, but like I learned how to find ways to figure out making money when I can't go on the road. Not a lot, but. <laughs> I put all my money into her now because I've realized my like mental health wise and business wise, it, you got to acknowledge what you suck at. Right. So I suck at organization. I suck at logistics, blah, blah, blah. I don't do taxes, shit like that. So anyway, Lil, she's 25 and like such a badass. like she grew up here with no dad, like pretty much homeless with her mom in a car and is like the hardest worker I've ever met and so smart. And she doesn't want to be famous. Do you know how hard that is to find? Yeah, yeah. So she's been a lifesaver for me. Her and Dee Burdett, honestly, have both. Nice. I mean, I went to Mexico to get well and Dee and her husband moved my entire house into an apartment while I was in Mexico so I wouldn't have to go there again. D is kind of like uh, she's not my manager, but she's kind of like my manager. Like she helps me out. I call her a produ- like a producing assistant because she. Yeah, yeah, she's my producer. Yeah. All the events I do because now I'm starting to do shows, and that's what I was going to tell you, Keith, for money and like figure out a show that's not just stand up that you can stream and charge. That's what I'm doing now. This dating game show thing live. 
So I don't feel like I'm burning jokes or streaming comics doing stand-up, you know? But it's something people can pay and watch. That way you can make money online from these guys can watch, you know, five bucks or whatever. That'd be cool. Let's do that at the rec room. I want to. All right. We'll do it in May. So, Kate, where can the folks at home uh, support you and follow you and all that jazz? Um, you all can just come over to my house. Um, <laughs> no, you know, just follow me at Kate Q Funny. Actually, this week, if you happen to be LA, where like where you're listening, I don't know. If you're in LA, it's all over the world. <laughs> has anyone ever told you you have norms like um, um, rhythm? Like you have his like speech. What do you call it? Like speech patterns. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm glad I get that a lot. Like Barry Cat. No, I, I get that a lot, but like you gotta keep in mind, I was on tour with the guy for seven or eight years. I know. So, yeah. so like I his mannerisms like Norm was like my dad, you know what I mean? I I, and here's the thing that sucks is when Norm died, Saget was the only one who called me and texted me I'm once sorry, a week. Man. Once a week until Saget died. I'm so and sorry. And Saget was a sweetheart, man. Like, I was becoming so close with Saget. And Saget was just such a good dude. You know, know, it's interesting. Like, in this business, you meet almost everybody. But Bob was one I didn't ever cross paths with. But I'm close with Adam Duritz. And he loved him so much. I mean, I know he took it real. And, like, Adam's one of those guys. Like, you know, you have friends that if they say someone's a great person, I don't ever have to meet them. I just know. Because Adam's a great person. So, yeah, like I, I'm so sorry, man. But you know what? Here's the good news. Um, at least one of us lived because usually people die in threes. So you got lucky. Yeah, I well, I look at it this way. Like I, I knew Norm had cancer and I knew he was going to die, but I didn't know it was going to be like because he told me he was getting it, you know, fixed and stuff. And I think he introduced me to Saget because he knew he was going to die. And he wanted Saget to look over me. You know, know, people do things like that. Like, even subconsciously, I think, like, when someone... Like, I swear, I think Betty White died on New Year's Eve uh, in some way on purpose, like, subconsciously even, because she didn't want us to start another year in a shitty way. Yeah. And I know know, everyone who worked at People Magazine was pissed off that Betty White died because they just released... Her hundredth birthday. I know, but you can't be pissed <laughs> off. They're, They're like, like why couldn't you just last sixteen days, you old cow? I'll know. tell you. I'll tell you one last funny thing before we get off here. I know you guys don't have all night too, but I'm not kidding about this. New Year's Eve, I played the Long Beach Laugh Factory, mm. and obviously, I Betty. I forget what time they said she died, like two in the afternoon or something. I heard right. Yeah. So I go to play Long Beach, um, and. Somebody said to me, whatever you're doing at midnight should be like what you want to be doing for the whole year, like kind of like an omen for your future. So like if you want to be an Olympic swimmer, go be swimming at midnight or whatever. So I was like, well, I want to like laugh a lot and I want to have good sex and I want to make money this year. So I came home. It's true story. I put the cash in the house, which is like $20 on my couch and I grabbed my vibrator and I put on Golden Girls because Betty White had died. Right. And I'm watching Golden Girls and I'm waiting for midnight. I'm like, I'm going to masturbate to Golden Girls at midnight on money. Okay? Oh. Well, I know it sounds creepy, but wait. I don't need TV. I use my mind. Okay. Yeah. So I plug in the vibrator because it's the Hitachi. You plug it in. 11.59. I turn it on. Dead. Whoa. You didn't want you to do out. that. The cord had burnt out or a mouth ate it or something. And I was like, it died for Betty White to use in heaven. Like, I felt like I I couldn't believe it. It felt like an omen. That's a sign. That's wild. Thank you so much for rifting with us. We love you very much. And we're glad you're, we're glad that you're healthy and you're getting your life back on track after a a traumatic experience. And it's good good. seeing you on the stage. And all that stuff. Did you just say about stage? I didn't hear that. Oh, I said it's good seeing you on the stage. Oh. Not like a stripping stage, it's a stand-up stage. You don't know. Well, at Harvell's it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, let's do that for real rec room. And people can come see me in LA this week. And I'm doing date bells again and some other stuff. So other stuff. 
All right. Well, I love you, Kate. Uh, hook me up with Lily and have a great day. You are the bomb, Kate. Thanks, Alan. Bomb. Hey, and by the way, we don't know if that guy's a pedophile. Check into that. <laughs> bye, guys. Love you. All right. Bye, Kate. All right. Bye. Awesome. And that was uh, Razor Riffs with Kate Quigley. Alan, did you have fun? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. It was a hoot. You don't understand, like, like, You've always said to me how much like Andy Dick likes me, and then on this one you say he doesn't even remember me. He didn't remember you. You don't remember that? When the, you mean the French restaurant? Yeah. You don't. Re we gotta retract that. But no, what what Kate was saying was Andy doesn't. His mind is so exploded with drugs he doesn't remember. Oh. You know what I mean? It's very sad, but we got to get Andy back on. He's a connection with both of us, and he doesn't forget us. Yeah. No, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, I maybe came out wrong. I don't know. Nobody yeah, I did not mean it like he just forgot about us. I meant like there's a time where, you know what I mean, when he's high, he doesn't remember. That's what I meant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Drugs, like, that's what I'm saying. That's what she was saying is his brain's all it's sad. Like, I feel bad for him. I love Andy very much. I know you do, too. Oh, he's always treated us well. I don't, I don't, he's never really, really screwed us over, per se. Oh. Uh, well, anyway. Alan, this is a great episode. I'm I proud of you. I loved your rant. <laughs> we need you more. Know, we need Alan Lee rants on every episode. That's I what we'll, you know what? I might just have one prepared. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll be like, Alan, do you have a last second question for the guest? And you could be like, well, Keith, I'll tell you what, man, I don't deal with this. You know, I don't <laughs> deal with anything, you know, like I got, you know, I'm Buddha, you know, I got strict, you know, all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I just don't play with that, you know. And then I saw a movie the other day and Jennifer Lopez was just like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you done, Alan? No, here's my question. Uh, which you do a good impression of me, so you better yeah. watch it. All right. Well, I love you, Alan. We'll see you next week. Ditto. All right. Ditto. Bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please... Send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.